Today is a celebration of many, many things. Among them, it is a celebration of the goodness of God. Amen? The goodness of God throughout the various twists and turns of life and ministry. And we regularly sing a song around here called The Goodness of God. And the chorus goes, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Oftentimes if I'm on the stage and I'm watching people's faces, when that part of the song comes up, Sometimes a hand slips up. Oftentimes you see a tear roll down because you don't have to look far behind you to see God's goodness. Today we celebrate the advancement of his kingdom in what we call our little slice of the vineyard. And also wrapped up in all of this celebration is a celebration of the people, this beautiful, complicated mix of folks who are in process, some wounded, some healers, most of us wounded healers, right? Being cared for, our, for, our, for ourselves while we faithfully care for others. This is a celebration of all those things. And our church anniversary, I don't know about you, uh, but for me, brings up a whole mix of emotions and it sneaks up on me in a really interesting way. But I love this annual reminder that God is big, that he is thoughtful, he is capable. And in this particular week, I was struck by the fact that God is, is a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. My heart and mind and thoughts and emotions moved toward the 23rd Psalm this, this week. It simply says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, some of you have committed this to memory, and if you're like me, you've committed this to memory in the King James Version, because that's what I grew up reading and hearing the Bible taught from. In the King James Version, the psalmist says, I, 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 I don't have any wants, right? I want for nothing, and that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I've always had plenty of unmet wants, right? But I like the NLT because the NLT says, I have all that I need. And the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I come to understand in a, in a really profound level, way, way, and it's really graduate level, faith and dependence on the Lord, and that is that if I don't, if I don't have it, then, and then I probably don't need it yet. And so I'm struck by all the things that the psalmist lists that the good shepherd provides. And I'm struck even more that this, all these good things like his care, his provision and protection and his resource isn't just so that I and we can feel the warm and fuzzies of the shepherd, but it's for purpose. It's for mission. His care is to transform us. His care is designed to, D designed to provide for us and protect us and resource us so that we can do what he put us here to do. It's all so purposeful. 
And on a week like this week, I am flooded by all these memories. I was just in my office this week, minding my business, and I get a random call from Sean Bacon, who is one of the SSV members here. He also owns a business where he does home inspections and business inspections for people who need those sorts of things. And so he ends up in all kinds of people's houses, stars, athletes, celebrities. There's no telling where he's going to end up on any given day. So I get a call from Sean, and on the phone is Sean. He says, listen, somebody I'm with wants to talk to you. And he hands the phone to John Wesley. Not from the 1700s, John Wesley. <laughs> Denise, I saw you like, John, John, John? No, not that John Wesley, but my old youth pastor, John Wesley. But when I was knee-high to a duck, as my daddy would say, and that five-minute conversation was just one of the faithful reminders of God's goodness and his providence. When I look over the shoulder of my life, every station of my life, God has somebody, somewhere, to make sure I got to the next place. Every step of my life, God made sure that I had somebody and something to keep me on the path. And when I tell you today, I'm comforted and I'm thankful for the good shepherd. And when I look at what God has built through us, I see the hand and the staff and the provision and the oil and the care and the provision of a good shepherd. And today we celebrate 14 whole years of ministry at the South Suburban Vineyard Church. And this is no small thing because as you know, a lot of churches don't make it. It's just a reality of what we do. And so I just want to jog down memory lane a little bit, because I know some of you are new, but I never grow tired of telling what I would call our origin story. How did we come to be here in the south suburbs, stewarding this little slice of vineyard history? Well, it all started for me on the chocolate side of Chicago. There are many sides to Chicago, <laughs> uh, many shades to Chicago, but I grew up on the chocolate side of Chicago in the 80s and 90s as a preacher's kid in a beautiful black community. And so I went to black churches, went to black schools, was socially and spiritually formed in the beautiful chocolateness of Chicago. And I was just fine with that. And everything was going fine until I graduated from high school and moved to our south to go to the University of Illinois, the creamy white University of Illinois. <laughs> Champaign-Urbana. And some of you heard this story many, many times, but I experienced a really powerful culture shock because for the first time in my whole life, I was interacting with different kinds of people. It was a dizzying experience. But when I look back over my life, I see the hand and the guidance of the Good Shepherd. One of the first few people that I linked up with when I became a student at the University of Illinois was InterVarsity Christian Fellowship who had a chapter both in Urbana and Champaign. And I joined the Urbana campus when an Asian brother by the name of Eugene came and knocked on my door and he invited me to go to that small group. Now I met some friends in that small group and this picture, I show it almost every year because God's faithfulness and his providence. Can you go back to that picture, Fred, please? Um, is wrapped up in that young man. His name is Steve Rockman. And Steve and I couldn't be any more different 
but God, through Steve, would begin to upset my life in the best possible way. See, in a varsity was ex almost exclusively white with just a few chocolate drops sprinkled about. And through those people in that fellowship, some Asian, some Hispanic, very few of them black, the Lord began to expand my world in really, really uncomfortable ways. Steve was a white guy from Urbana, and a bunch of these other Asian brothers were not even from the U.S., from different parts of Illinois and from around the country. But as we became friends, God began to do a work in my heart, and I began to experience the goodness of God as he began to expand my world for the better. And as I began to take advantage of these windows into other people's culture and other people's lives and for people who were different than me and folks from the other sides of the tracks, I began to not just be okay with difference, but I come to value it and to search for it and to seek it out. And I was starting to get more comfortable, which is good because the very next step of my journey uh, would take me further into a life of discomfort, but all in the Good Shepherd's plan for me and eventually for this church. A buddy of mine from InterVarsity, a brother by the name of Kevin Morrissey, invited me to go to the vineyard. He said, you should come and check out the vineyard. I know you're looking for more spirit-filled expression of church, uh, like, 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 like back home, and so why don't you come and check out the vineyard? And so I walk into the vineyard, and there is, again, a sea of very white faces, very much different than the culture that I was used to, but the Lord was doing something. This experience lined the road, lined the path that the Good Shepherd had set for me, and in it, I begin to find the next few puzzle pieces to my life and what we would experience down the road as the birth of the South Suburban Vineyard Church. And so I walk into this church and nothing is familiar. The songs are very unlike what we sang back home. The people are very different, but the Spirit met me each and every week in that church. And as I begin to fall in like with the vineyard, its philosophy of ministry, the accessibility of the leadership, the Lord began to help me to feel at home. At the same time, I met a sweet young girl named Shannon Allison. And my education and my journey into a culture that was not my own went deeper. Somebody say deeper. Did I ever tell you how we met? Did I ever tell you that story? Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the short version. So I see her from across the room. She's staring at me, you know, awkwardly. <laughs> and she just keeps looking at me, keep looking at me. So finally I go over to her and I say this. I say, hey girl. <laughs> I said, I hope you're not afraid of heights because we're going all the way to the top. She faints, she comes to, and the rest, is, the rest is history. Now, I wouldn't lie to you on Sunday. I wouldn't lie to you on Sunday. But no, this is another sweet provision of the Good Shepherd, because as we begin to get to, uh, to know each other, and even as we talk right now, we would say that we did not imagine each other for ourselves <laughs> when we were dreaming about our futures. 
as kids and teenagers, but the Lord gifts me with this woman. And further expands my, not just appreciation, but desire to know something bigger than what I experienced. And what I experienced uh, as a young man growing up was like, white people went to white church, black people went to white, black, uh, black church, Hispanic people went to Hispanic church, and, 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 and they really didn't mix up that much. But as I would sit in the vineyard and get to know my wife, there was a really deep dissatisfaction that would well up on the inside of me because I really had to sneak off from time to time to a black church on Wednesday night just to get some of my cultural needs met. Just to hear some black songs and to hear some, some black preaching and to hang out with some black folks. And I would begin to be really disquieted in my soul by this. Why I got to go to a black church just to like get my social and cultural needs met? Like in the church where I'm spending loads of time giving resource, helping to build for the kingdom there, like why do I have to, right? And so I would complain to the Lord about it and complain to like-minded people about it until one day the Lord said to me, and many of you have heard this story, when you start your church, make sure it's different. When you start your church, make sure that you are setting a table for a wide cross-section of people. And my lovely wife and I got excited about that idea. It seemed like a huge and daunting task because we didn't have any models for this, especially within the vineyard. But we began to set down this path of imagining what it might look like for just a couple of us to build this multicultural, multi-ethnic vineyard church and where we might do that. So the senior pastor, Happy Layman, that's his name, Happy Layman, he gave me a list of four people, so you can't talk to these people, but anybody else in this church that you wanna take, you can recruit them, and if they'll go with you, you can take them, and we'll send you guys out with some money. I said, bet, let's go. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we spent about three years taking people to lunches and coffee, explaining to them this vision we have, for this multicultural, multi-ethnic vineyard church. And everybody thought it was a good idea. That's fantastic. But just a handful of those people, their eyes would light up. And they would say with their eyes and with their mouth, tell me more about this. And they had questions. And so in the course of three years, my wife and I built a team of 11 people, uh, uh, along with two small children. And we started the South Suburban Vineyard Church. And so can you put that picture up of the, that is, the original church plant team. And it's really unheard of. They told us when we were training for this, they said, listen, you're going to have your plant team with you for a year, two years, three, if you're lucky, four, if the heavens open and God smiles on you. But can I tell you that every single person, now Shannon's taking this picture, and she's not in the picture, but every single person that came with us and on that original team is still with us today. And can you, if, you, if you're on this team, can you stand up, please? Can you stand up? Can you stand up? Don't sit down. Don't sit down. So look, I don't ever get tired of doing this. I don't ever get tired of telling this story. Because this is like a freak of nature, what you're seeing here. And the Lord, the good shepherd, Faithful and good. Knit our hearts together. Most of us were in small groups together. 
Alicia wasn't even, she wasn't even on the church plant team. She came to our small group just as we were planting, graduated, moved home to Country Club Hills. <laughs> and she didn't know she was on our church plant team, but she's been with us. I'm talking to you about the good shepherd who knows what we need. He knows what we want, but he knows what we need. And when I consider all the sort of goodie bags or the, 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 the kit that got packed for me to take this journey, the most precious of the things that he put in that package for me are these humans that are standing up before us. And so I honor them because they have listened to me mostly. <laughs> They have put up with me. They have labored with me. They love me, but they're not afraid of me. They've spoken truth to me. And I don't know who gets to fulfill their dreams with their best friends. I don't know how many people get to do that. And so one last time, I never grow tired of honoring you guys. The OGs. Can you give them up for the OGs? You may be seated. And so, people who were listening to us and watching us, because we had pr plenty of swagger and external confidence, but we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we didn't know how this was going to turn out. Um, but God did. So we moved here in June of 09, not knowing, we didn't even know what the grocery stores were. Some of us were renting places because we didn't own homes yet. But in November of 09, uh, we started our very first uh, service in the St. Paul uh, Community Church, uh, in the basement of the St. Paul Community Church. And that's a picture of the fellowship hall that we would meet in every Sunday night, right after the square dancers. So it was... <laughs> you would imagine us lurking at the door with all of our gear, waiting for the final number to finish and some of the mustiness to clear out of the room so that we can have church. But God was faithful to us. And he still is. Fast forward a year later, we learned that this building that we're in right now, which is a Jewish community center, it was sitting empty, and Shannon made some calls, and I made some calls, and we arranged to be able to rent this building which at the, at the time, the only thing that was meeting here was a, a summer camp over the summer. And so, Fred, can you go to that picture of the, the... And so this is what this room used to look like. The gym, climbing wall, and we would set up our chairs, and we had a little stage and everything. And we began in 2010 to meet in this place as the South Suburban Vineyard. And we didn't know if anybody would come to this place because it's back off the main road. They wouldn't let us put a sign out on the front. And so you weren't coming back here unless you were coming back here. And so we wondered if this would be a permanent solution for us. But God began to grow this place. And God began to give us favor with the people who owned it, who came to us in 20, 2000, uh, I believe 2008. Is it 2008? 2018 and say, hey, listen, we want to get this property off the books. We're not trying to make a profit, so make us an offer. 
So I made them an offer, $400,000. And they said, make us another offer. <laughs> and so we bumped it to five, and we got this property that they wanted $1.4 million for, for $500,000. And we saw it as the provision of the Good Shepherd. And so we started to work on the building. This is a picture of uh, Edmund painting and scraping the doors, right? And there's another picture of, uh, of Mark and, and, and David painting the walls, right? Another picture of, of the brothers got together and they built this stage that I'm standing on, right? Then we started to drywall the place, put a floor down. Until after all of that, we're able to experience what we're sitting in right now. Now, you saw the pictures of us working on the building, but at the same time that we're working on the building, we saw the work on the building as an external uh, manifestation of what was happening with the people. Because as we worked on the building, we were working on the people. And as God was working on the building, God was working on us transforming us, changing us, making us who we would be. Now, is he done yet? No. Some of us are still a work in progress. But many of you hopefully can say, Pastor, I'm not where I ought to be, but thank God I am not who or what I used to be. And so as we've worked on this building, and as we've tried to faithfully steward what God has given us, We've been working on the people, and God has been working on us. And what we've also seen over the course of these years is that God would answer our prayer and help to make our dreams come true by making this a diverse community of people, diverse in age, diverse in ethnicity, diverse in culture and socioeconomic. And I think the age one is the one that it blesses me the most these days because in those early days, we planted when we were 27 years old and we couldn't pay somebody who was older than 50 to come and stay. But the Lord, through his faithfulness and his goodness, has blessed us with this surge of seniors, some of them with a crown of wisdom and gray hair to bless us with their wisdom and to mother us and father us and to mentor us and to disciple us and when I stand to preach today, when I stand to preach today, and this has been the case for many years, I see with my eyes what I saw in the vision that God gave me when he told me and he told us to go build something that we hadn't experienced yet. Could this happen in the vineyard? Started decades ago in Southern California, not a brother in sight. Could this happen in the vineyard? Would they let this happen? Would people come? Will different looking people come? Well, look around you. They've come. And they're coming. And what started as a holy dissatisfaction, what started as a discomfort with homogeneity and selfishly a place where I could bring my mixed family has blossomed into something that is blessing this community and is blessing the hearts of many, many people. This is our story. 
And so we have committed to a simple model of doing church. Really simple. And this really takes some effort when you come from a large mega church, thousands of people people, loads and bells of whistles. We had to sort of detox from that for a couple of years. Not that they were doing anything wrong. It just wasn't what God was calling us to do. And I say many years that there was nothing, no sizzle, nothing sexy about meeting in a musty basement after the square dancers. <laughs> the only sizzle came from the Holy Spirit. The only warmth you got was from the radiator and from the love of God's people shared and displayed in simple ways, a commitment to love God and to love people and to resist the urge to spend time, energy, and resources, anything but loving God and loving people. And as we focused on simplicity, our team stuck together and continued to rally around that. And so a simple model of doing church, a steady dependence on the Spirit, clinging to that faithful prayer of the vineyard, come Holy Spirit, which many of you learn when you come into the vineyard. What's that all about? Why do they say that all the time? Because we can do a whole lot of stuff, but the heavy lifting of what we've done can't be traced back to the preacher, or the assistant pastor, or the first lady, or any of the musicians or singers. The heavy lifting, what's got us here, is a dependence on the Spirit and a firm belief that God will build this house. You know, we used to say, hey, we're going to take the kingdom to Homewood Flossmore. And then God reminded us, hey, my, my kingdom's already there. <laughs> this church is 100 years old in Homewood Flossmore. You're not bringing me anywhere. You're going to partner with what I'm already doing there and that God will build this house. Not being slick, not striving, not hustling, although there was plenty of hustle involved that God will build this house because SSV is God's idea. So in light of where we've been, you might ask, where are we heading? And I purposefully say the same thing every year so you don't think that there's some slick new vision that we're rolling out now that the thing is cooking. Every year I stand before you and say the way on is the way in. How we're moving forward is how we got here. And so we're continuing to build. Many of you have witnessed this lobby project taking, taking shape. And it'll be done, I think, in a couple of weeks, I hope. But just as we will continue to work on this building, we will continue to let God work on the people. Building this body, transforming a congregation, one person at a time, gathering, loving God, loving others the way in is the way on as we continue in this faithful, long obedience. 14 years is not a time to switch it up, right? <laughs> this long obedience. So whether you're an OG, or whether you're on staff, whether you're a key leader here, whether you've been here for five, six years, or you just walked in last week, the charge today is twofold, at least twofold. The first thing is to lean in. It's one of my favorite sayings. It's hard to confuse what I mean when I say lean in. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are on the spectrum of faith, everyone can lean. Somebody say, everybody can lean. And when we say lean in, we just mean just take one more step. Let's take one more step. Whether you've been here for 14 years and you are 
steeped and sturdy in the faith. You don't arrive until you see God face to face. You can lean to. Whether you're just looking in the windows of faith and kicking the tires, take one more step. And so what's your next step? For some of you, next step is to get here. And I'm talking to those of you who are watching us on the live stream. Maybe you're like, man, this live stream thing, this is cozy right here. I'm in my jammies. I got my breakfast sandwich on my chest as I go to church. <laughs> Maybe your next step is to get here, like to physically get here. Maybe you're on the once a month plan, which is better than the no times a month plan. But maybe your next step is to go back to how they used to do it in the old days, in 2019. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe like get to church every Sunday. Maybe you join a small group, change your circle, surround yourself with some folks who love God and love others. Maybe you take the Alpha course. Or maybe you let God and others into that area of sin or rebellion and resistance in your life. Maybe you sign up for a ministry. Maybe you start giving generously. Maybe you learn to pray for others. I don't know what the next step is for you, but all of us can lean, right? That's the first thing. The last thing is to go deep, to go deep. Because casualness, when it comes to faith, is such a deceitful enemy. Shallowness when it comes to faith can just trick you into thinking you're doing enough just because you're doing something. And some of us at some point we're doing nothing and so to do something is a step in the right direction is a lean but we shouldn't rest there. Because when you're casual and when you're shallow you become a robber. You rob God of an opportunity to show you what he can really do with a surrendered life. You're robbing yourself of the chance to experience the kingdom and community life in full throttle. And you're robbing the community of what it looks like when every member of this community comes in and throws their whole self at this thing. And let me tell you, we've not experienced the version of SSV full throttle. We've not experienced the version of this church where everybody shows up and says, I'm all in, let's go. And so I imagine that God's dream, his plan for this house is that we wouldn't be casual with him. We wouldn't be casual with one another. We would show up, lean all the way in, and go all the way deep. We haven't experienced it yet. We may never experience that, but I think we all can lean and go deep. Amen? And so in the spirit of that, each year, I want to let you hear from some folks who have taken these things to heart, who have come toward the SSV and has experienced God and his richness and fullness, who have leaned in, who are pressing deeper. It's one thing from you, for you to hear from me, but I want you to hear from several folks. So we got a couple of folks who will share testimonies. And Chris MacArthur, would you make your way up as, as I uh, introduce this part? Listen. I've asked several people to give their testimonies, and what I've said to them is be specific. Name names of the people who God has used to be a blessing to you and to help you lean in and go deep here. 
And so you're going to hear first from my brother, uh, Chris MacArthur. He's my small group intern for this session. And so why don't you give Chris a warm hand as he shares his testimony. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, today, SSV is celebrating 14 years, so I will share our story of coming to SSV through numbers. 24 is the number of years my wife, Michelle, and I have lived in Homewood. Three is the number of sons that uh, we successfully helped to grow and to graduate from HF without killing one of them. Two of my sons played basketball right here um, at the Jewish Community Center. 28 is the number of years my wife has been in special education uh, as a teacher. And 14 is the number of years I ran MacArthur Painting right here uh, out of Homewood here in the south suburbs before becoming a chaplain, which has now been eight years. 11 is the number of churches my wife and I visited and watched online following the pandemic. Um, and 100 is the number of times we asked, why is this taking so long? Why is it taking so long for God to find a church for us? And one is the number of newspaper articles that was in the Homewood Chronicle last February that opened our hearts to the story of the vineyard. Um, Michelle and I were looking for a faith community, community that was biblical, uh, healthy, diverse, committed to being on mission in the world and where the culture is authenticity. The church is non-political, non-manipulative, big on community, and makes room for the spirit to move. I watched four SSV uh, sermons online. First, <laughs> messages by Jordan, Shannon, David Maldonado, Gino, a couple others, so it was more than four, to be honest. And more than feeling comfortable with what I saw, I was impressed by the clear and solid teaching uh, and diversity of leadership and the pers perspectives that were being taught. So that first Sunday, I came by myself. The greeters at the door were warm, and as I came into the sanctuary, I could see a group of people that looked like Homewood. Diverse and multi-generational. And a woman could see that I was a newbie. She saw the look on my face and said hello and asked me if I was new. And then immediately she began introducing me to two or three others. That person was Lauren. I can't tell you what a difference that moment made. The service unfolded with worship, joyful worship, then Mandy's joyful, sweet spirit, sharing announcements, a good message. To be honest, I can't remember <laughs> by who that morning. I don't. I slipped to the front for prayer, but I remember Mike, one of the charter members. Mike, listen to me. Mike prayed for me. And as I left, I felt so surprised at how good this experience was. It, it felt unreal, and I still felt guarded. So over the next few weeks, I was able to hear Shannon speak, and Gino, and Andrea. Did I say her name right? Andrea? And my walls started coming down, and my wife, Michelle, joined me in attending. And we kept pinching, pinching ourselves and saying, 
Okay, when does the weird stuff show up? We joined a small group and uh, we found the sharing so authentic. One evening our small group shared an evening meal at, at a home and since then the connections have been deepening and indeed fun. It's been eight months now and we are still soaking in the SS vibe. We are still in wonder at what God's doing at, at SSV and we wonder about that. And we have so enjoyed getting to know more and more of you, though we must admit we cannot remember all the names. But Michelle and I are aware that a lot of people work very hard every week to make this community run. 14 years of hard work and sacrifice and commitment have gone into making the SSV possible. And today I will join all of you in thanking the pastors and the Olisons and the staff and the volunteers for making SSV a reality. Can we just give them a, a hand for a minute? Um, but it seems obvious that the best years are just ahead. That's how God does things. And Michelle and I will be listening to God's voice as to how we serve here, and may God bless each one of you in your journey and may the Father allow us to reach many people and families in these south suburbs and around the world as we live out our faith. So I'm done. But a footnote, I went into the Play Store and to look up weird church apps to see how I could figure out and, and zero results. So then I Googled, how can you find out if there's weirdness in a church? And the number one result was not digital, analog. It seems the best tool for that is a mirror. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris, for sharing. Uh, next, we're going to hear from Janae Poole. So give it up for Sister Janae. Good morning, SSV. My name is Janae Poole, as Pastor Gino just mentioned. My family and I started coming to the SSV at the beginning of this year. My family consists of one husband. His name is Morris. He's over here. We also have two daughters, Sophia, three years old, and Mackenzie, five. I knew from the moment that we came to visit SSV, I said to Morris, this is it, honey. He agreed. I remember Lauren being the first person that we met. She was very welcoming, also very helpful sharing information about the church. I also remember Allison and Ananda making us feel very comfortable dropping our kids off at Kia's church. Also seeing Mike and Elisa helped us to feel connected because we went to a previous church with them. This summer, I felt a shift. My husband and I, took Gino's summer small group, and I felt an even stronger connection to the church and also God. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me about changing, but also about leaning in. I'm currently a part of the Kiss ministry, also hospitality. Morris is a part of the hospitality ministry. Today, as we celebrate the church's 14th year anniversary, I have thought of 14 reasons why we chose SSV as our church home. But before I start the list, I wanna provide a disclaimer. 
it is not in order of importance, okay? So the first one is kids ministry is bomb, okay? <laughs> the second, kids ministry is not babysitting. Our kids are being cultivated. Number three, come as you are is a very true statement. You can roll out of bed and come to church, judgment-free zone. Number four, we are spiritually fed and our sermons are practical and easy to follow here. Number five, diversity. For us, it was very important for our kids to see people that look different from them. Number six, the size of the church. Even though we're growing in size, it makes it easier to make connections. Number seven, the environment is super laid back and chill. Number eight, it's easy to get plugged in and also to find out information. Number nine, the hospitality of coffee, tea, hot chocolate is impressive and it's all free 99. <laughs> Number 10, the small group class selection caters to all. Number 11, the pastors are super approachable and you do not need an appointment to connect with them. Number 12, our kids telling us stories about what they've learned in church is priceless. 13, we can watch the sermons online if we need to miss service. Lastly, number 14, the church is like family. We are so grateful for what SSB is doing in the lives of people, including me and my family. The ministry has been a true blessing to us, and I know we're not the only people that feel this way. Thanks for listening. There you go. I love it. I love it. Next, you're going to hear from Vince uh, Spetsa. So give him a hand. And oh, and Sarah's with him. Give him a hand. Wow, that was great. Ours isn't that good. Actually, both of them. I'm not going to be as funny as him either. Community has always been important to our family. We felt that the SSB would quickly become that for us, which it has. Just over a year ago, Lauren was the one who first introduced themselves or herself to us when we showed up at church. We were very excited to find out that she had homeschooled her children, as we did before, sending our daughters and son to high school. Shortly after, sorry, I'm a little nervous. Shortly after, we realized our fellow newbies, the Solises, there they are. <laughs> Uh, we're neighbors of ours, actually right down the street, and since we've been coming here, they've become a huge part of our life. And that only happened because of SSV. <sighs> we appreciate that there's space for everyone in our family. The kids love the student ministry and really enjoy serving. One of Angelo's favorite mornings was when they did uh, the Jewel outreach with David and Sarah, and a few others. Um, for me, I have uh, a bunch of godly men around me that I can lean on, and I try to as often as I can. Um, Sarah was welcomed onto the hospitality staff and loved serving alongside Cassandra and Dee. She loves that. <laughs> um, she enjoys her coffee and lunch dates with Yvette and Mandy. Uh, her sister Yvette was there to listen 
give great words of wisdom and pray as we were walking through making the decision to send our daughter to high school. We look forward to continuing our walk with our Heavenly Father and our SSV family. We actually couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you very much. And congratulations, 14 years. Next, we're gonna hear from my dear sister, Kim Perryman. Give it up for Kim as she comes. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Um, so uh, I've been attending uh, SSV for just seven months now, but it feels like I've always been a part of this community. Um, I really enjoy the services and uh, the transformation that I've experienced. You know, I really find that this is my new church, church home now. So um, before I coming here, um, I did try out a few other churches in the community. We haven't been here that long, maybe a couple years, so everything was new to me here. Um, but when I found um, this space so close to my home, um, you know, we had a lot of things going on. We had experienced several challenges, and uh, when we first got here, we didn't even get a chance to settle in much, but thankfully things are starting to improve now, which I'm grateful for. Um, I have been through uh, a traumatic loss about 18 years ago, which really forever changed me. It's a wound that really stays with me. Uh, and when it happened, I felt broken and, and no longer like other people. But what I've learned is that the Lord is constantly transforming me, healing me, and encouraging me along with my family and my faith in the Lord, and they just stood by me when I needed something. They were there, whether it was a meal or just getting together, and that was really so helpful and encouraging along this journey. So um, I kept looking, you know, like I said, when I, uh, for a church home, and uh, I wanted to serve. I wanted to make a difference and be supported as well as to receive the word of the Lord. And I, I, I know that is here in this place. Um, I reflect on one of my teachers from my other church that said to me, look for the fertile ground, fertile soil. So I feel that's what happens with a lot of the sermons. You know, you get... Um, a message that's heartfelt and from the Lord and the Holy Spirit is always invited in. Um, Pastor Gino um, blends that so well, uh, his own experiences and, the, and um, the scripture come together and has this special kindness about him. Like in our special group, I did join the summer uh, small group and um, the one that's going on now. and. Just little things like meeting some of us outside with an umbrella when it's raining, uh, answering an email request that I have sent, um, you know, that meant so much to me. And one of the takeaways from one of the exercises we did with Pastor Gino was to have some people email us and uh, see what they thought of us, get their impressions, and so that not only our intent, but what's our impact statement stayed with me for a long time. I thought that was a special point and something that we could learn from the Lord. 
Um, and so, you know, these things change me, and, and, um, as, and the small group itself is so welcoming. The people there are so um, open and honest, and when they told their story, I felt like it helped me tell my story, and that we've all been through something. We've all been changed or challenged in some way, and we could help each other. Um, so, you know, that, that's, I felt like that's how you get the roots, that's how you grow, that's how you grow in your faith. And I was also thinking about some of the things um, Pastor Shannon had said with some of her own um, struggles, some of her own sharings. Uh, it, it encouraged me and inspired me that I could tell my story too. And um, one of the other things that uh, she said was, you know, just love like Jesus does. And when we're challenged or we have a lot going on in our life, remember how he sacrificed for us, what he, you know, did for us. He laid his life down for us. So those things really stay with me. Um, I'm, it seems like so many people have touched my life in just the seven months. Um, my morning um, Bible study teacher, Diane, is so gifted in the Old Testament and her own experiences, as well as the ladies that attend. They're close to my age, so we have a lot to share. We pray for each other. Um, you know, as we go through our own struggles, we can share those experiences uh, and, you know, be there for each other. And two of my really uh, close friends, Marilyn and Evelyn, I see they're here today, uh, have helped me to make it just a great place to um, land and be with and share things with. Uh, we stay connected, you know, uh, in little ways. We check on each other. You know, that's what you want, you know, uh, do things together and, and really become a family and community. Um, also, I've, I'm new to the impressions, the first impression team, and Michelle was very welcoming and, you know, calling me before I even started and letting me know what, I, what was going to happen or how it worked and, you know, to meet some people and, you know, she checks on us to see if we're doing okay. So, I'm very grateful to call South Suburban Vineyard my home. I look forward to more opportunities to serve and go forward with whatever comes ahead. Thank you. And Kim is one of the lovely ladies that are, uh, that, that are in our current small group. And these ladies just feel like mothers to me. They smuggle me with hugs and, <laughs> and encouragement, and they challenge me. And so I'm just grateful for Kim and the other ladies. You'll hear one more voice uh, giving a testimony today. And so, Allison, would you come up? Would you guys give Allison Stables a hand as she comes? I'm so happy to be able to share my testimony with you. I want to shout out my mom who came to support me today. So thank you, mom. Um, I'm so grateful to be asked to share this experience with you. I was raised Catholic, and I didn't really feel like I ever connected to that faith. Um, and so I wanted to explore the faith more. So about two years ago, um, I had really close friends, three of them that were pretty religious, and I was always, they, was, they were always telling me about their experiences, and I was always curious, and so that's how I first, those were the first people that helped me um, come to faith. The other one was my father. 
Um, he, he, we lost touch for 10 years, and so I wanted to heal that part of me, so I met up with him, and he told me that um, God really helped him from digging his life into the ground, and then he was able to turn it back around, and I remember being like, wow, if God can do this for my dad, like, I wonder what he could do for me. Um, so then I went to therapy with my therapist, and I was talking to her about my experience and my dad, and I was, like, curious about the faith. And she was like, well, there is this course called Alpha, and you can ask questions. You just have to go to a church, and I'm sure, like, a lot of the things you're asking me, they will be able to answer. And I was like, oh, okay. So in the meantime, um, my best friend, Rachel, Hi, Rachel. Um, she w was asking me to come to church with her and her family, and I thought didn't think much of it, so I was like, sure, um, I'll go. And I just remember coming and just feeling like it was a good welcoming, like a good feeling being there. One of the first times I came, um, Pastor Gina was on stage, and he was giving the announcements, and sure enough, up on the screen <laughs> was the Alpha Course, and he was talking about it and saying, oh, you know, if you're new to faith, come to the Alpha Course. And I remember being, I think I came, and they had already been going for three weeks, and I ended up joining late, but I was, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't know. I have so many questions. I'm so new to the faith. Like, I didn't know what to expect. And I, I went, and it was really intimate. There was about five people. It was me, Jordan, Annie, Ananda, Ashley, Pastor Dino, if I didn't say that, <laughs> and myself. And I just felt really comfortable, and I was able to just ask them questions, and I felt like it was super helpful, and it was um, helping me understand, like, the foundations of Christianity, which is what I was looking for. Um... And so, um, sorry, lost my place. Okay, so the main thing that I learned from the Alpha Course besides just that great environment was how to pray. Um, I never felt comfortable praying. I usually only prayed when someone was like sick or dying or someone was going through a hard time. But in the Alpha Course, I learned how to pray and then I was also able to pray for someone there during the session. And then now I do pray every day. So that's something that I took from that course. I continued coming to the SSV um, frequently just because of the welcome feeling I have, and just every time I came, I, was, I continued to learn. I knew it was a big step. I had never joined a church before, and so I felt really hesitant um, to join the church because I just felt like that was a big commitment, but I felt so good and welcome. So after about like a little bit under a year, I think I finally decided to take that step and join the church. And then with that being said, I knew I wanted to give back, so I joined the kids' ministry and also the First Impressions team. So that has been really also helpful on my faith journey. And I always make sure to join the small group, because again, I was with the Alpha Course and it gave me so much rich, helpful information. So I also, right now, I'm in the Abide group, which is virtual with Nikea and Shantae. Thank you, and all the ladies in that group, thank you, because we have such fruitful discussions every Tuesday. Um, before I came, so the before I came to faith, um, I would always hear from people saying, oh, um, you know, God is always with you. You just know he's there. And I was always like, I didn't know what they meant, and I was always like, I'm not so sure. Like, I was kind of skeptical. And so I recently went to um, a birthday dinner for my aunt and my grandpa was there and my grandpa's again very Catholic and he was saying a prayer 
And after he was done, I said, Grandpa, like, do you mind if I add to the prayer? And he's like, no, of course not. So I was praying, and he was just amazed, um, and he was so thankful that I was able to add to the prayer. And I was, he was like, oh, well, that was so great. Like, where did you learn to pray? And I was just like, I felt like this, like, gut-wrenching feeling because I'm like, he's so Catholic and, like, he's so um, passionate about that. And I was like, well, Grandpa, my church, it's Christian, SSV. And he was like, the vineyard? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, we volunteer at the Elgin Vineyard and give back to the, the community in that way. He's like, have you read the books by John Wimber, the leader that founded the church? And I was just like, um, no, Grandpa, I haven't read those books. <laughs> um, and so I think, like, my grandpa was like, I want to come to your church. Like, we want to come um, and see what it's about. And in that moment, I knew, I'm like, I'm in the right place. Worship team, you guys can make your way back up here. You know, the testimonies are, the, are my favorite part of this service. And as pastors, we get to hear these stories all the time. But it's such a blessing for you guys to be able to hear what this church is doing, how it's making the difference. And I've, I've said this for many, many years. I believe that if we're doing our life right, if we're living our life on mission, then our names should be coming up in people's testimonies. I got to believe that the faithful work that this church does and that each and every one of you do, not just here, but when you scatter, somebody is saying right now your name as they mention how God has used you to build the kingdom in their life. And I just want to be that kind of person. I want us to be this kind of church. And so there's some reoccurring themes that came up over and over. People talked about the small groups. People talked about feeling welcome. People talked about somebody invited them, right? And so as we continue to lean in and as we continue to go deeper, I want us to just continue to stay this path. 14 years is a long time, but it's just the very beginning in the grand scheme of what God is doing and has done. And so I think an appropriate response to all that God has done for us over these 14 years is to worship, right? Is to celebrate. And so can you stand with me as we close the service with a worship song? The name of the song is called Rejoice, and it's an exuberant worship song that invites us to rejoice because of God's goodness, because of his faithfulness, and for all the ways that he's brought us through. So I want to pray for us prayer of gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done and what he will continue to do. And then we're going to worship and then we're going to come back and close with prayer. So Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are the good shepherd. An appropriate response, Lord, to all that you've done and all that you will continue to do is to rejoice, is to worship, is to say thank you. And so I thank you for all the folks who have come and who have given time, talent, energy, treasure to build for the kingdom here. And I know, Lord, that your word says that you will give back manyfold everything that we have sown to build your kingdom. And so, Father, as we leave this place today, I pray that Thanksgiving would be on our hearts and we would lead this church 
to be your church. We thank you for 14 years, and we pray for many more.